0: Peace be upon you, namaste, and all that jazz. Listeners, welcome to Saveable Candles, the show with no name, podcast episode 15. I'm joined by my lovely, beautiful, and ever-so-talented Julia Felix from Free Space International. Julia, how are you doing? What's new with you? What's the crack?
1: What's new? We don't really have a whole lot new going on. It was a calm week this week. Did a lot of resting this week, working on my night job, so just focused on that, chilled out. FreeSpace is doing some research, but that's all background stuff right now. Look who's here.
0: <laughs> <Well>, hello, Tinkerbell. <sighs> I have no idea what's going on with Daft Punk in the news, but everybody's posting memes to do with Daft Punk. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know.
1: The the Discords have been blowing up about Daft Punk too, and I haven't read any of it. Oh, Find out.
0: Why is Daft Punk trending in memes?
1: Breakup, man oh, breakup. Bro-
0: okay. Anyway, and in case listeners aren't sure what the crack or what's the crack, Ailey, sorry. What's the crack is an Irish phrase for what's new with you. Well, what's new with
1: you, Safe?
0: Uh, Same crack, different day.
1: Oh, I like my crack consistent, personally. Yeah,
0: I, uh, I've i been binge watching Vikings as a form of escapism from the real world because mm. the real world is so BS, blah shit
1: i definitely did that with um i watched a discovery of witches this week
0: was that a docuseries oh it's like a like a like a show it's a
1: time travel fantasy whoops (laughs) i'm gonna have to cut that out for anyone who didn't know that bit
0: (laughs) maybe maybe not so today, episode 15, we are joined by Gareth Berliner. We little spend hit. the
1: whole episode ruining plot lines.
0: Well, I think my guest from episode 14, Sonal Agarval, we did talk a little bit about TV shows and we did riff off into different tangents. I think I found my, uh, my equal in riffing and definitely a fellow sort of like I'm painting 20 pictures at the same time in my head type person. Phenomenal absolutely talented i had no idea that she was uh she'd started i thought i, I thought she was going to be like improv theater but it turns out she was a fire dancer interesting specializing in all that uh at festivals hippie gatherings uh, around the uh, us <laughs> parts of europe i don't know if she's also done india we talked about call centers because of her indian heritage that was not a me being that sounds
1: know, racist
0: It's not. And we also spoke about the racism and about how people are becoming too super sensitive about, oh my God, did you see that girl wearing the Chinese dress at her graduation? That's such cultural appropriation. Yet, if you go to China or Hong Kong or Shanghai, hey, mister, want to buy Chinese dress? Only $15. You know, that shit happens all the time. So it's like, anyway, go on. Speaking of
1: racism
0: speaking of racism go on
1: yes white person
0: carry on you
1: i watched well am watching a docuseries on netflix called amend america and will smith oh if it's if it's available you need to watch it it's really good it's really good It goes through the history of slavery in America and all... It's really good. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to say... No, 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 no.
0: Don't, don't. I'll I'll check and Um, see if it's available. It's
1: very well done. I watched like six episodes of it in one day. Well,
0: I started vikings on i want to say thursday but i think it was like friday it might have been thursday night there's six seasons and i'm already on season five
1: that's wonderful i enjoyed vikings too i did really enjoy that show
0: yeah no they're phenomenal characters and, and dialogue in that show What's really interesting is that a lot of the actors are originally from Australia or New Zealand or England, but they do phenomenal uh, voice, uh, their accents and the way they keep jumping from old French to old Norwegian to old uh, Saxon is very nicely done. Yes. What are you super excited about before you explode onto your screen?
1: I got a new rock.
0: (laughs) Okay. Listeners, this is one of the joys of being in different continents. I don't have to worry. (laughs) I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Is that a new rock for dye? And I don't mean for dye as in some Welsh guy by the name of dye. Ooh, that's gonna be. I don't know what color you're gonna get from that, but it looks beautiful.
1: It's gonna be like a really nice terracotta.
0: Yeah, no, I was like a
1: super pigmented terracotta.
0: There was an episode in Vikings when they were talking about the art of painting Bible pages and how they make the paints and how some paints they're Illuminated
1: manuscripts. Yeah, so the the process of creating dyes for illuminated manuscripts. I prefer to make paint. Paint and dye are different. Do you ever
0: um, use eggs? But
1: the process... I don't do tempura because I don't like to paint with a consistency of watercolor. I prefer oils. So I can, but I don't. But Zanini has a uh, phenomenal section in the. Zanini. So, this is the Craftsman's Handbook. We should let our guest in. He's here.
0: Oh, excellent. Please do, yes.
1: We'll let him in mid rant.
0: Mid rant. Okay. That makes no view whatsoever. Oh, my God. What kind of picture? And that's a
1: painting, which is even better. Shows up mid rant with a painting in the middle of an illuminated manuscript monologue. (laughs) Perfect timing.
0: Our guest, Gareth Berliner, is joining us from, you would think, a third world country, but no. He's in Britain. Not sure why his internet is so Saudi. Sanini.
1: Sanini. That's where we were. Sanini wrote probably 40 of the pages of this book are on prepping ink for illuminated manuscripts. And it's one of the most fascinating. If I could master calligraphy, i would i would make inks do i have any audio hello that's rude
2: yeah, you definitely have audio with me i'm just shits and giggles but i don't know about safe and i don't know if i trust him
1: <laughs> this Nini ramp <rant> broke zoom <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice to see you mate how are you can you hear can you hear safe
1: not at all
2: the <laughs> podcast with no no host Can you hear me now?
0: Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to Safe Candles, the show with no name podcast, where I momentarily lost sound and had no idea. The show with no name has broken Zoom again and again.
2: Is this live right now? No. Okay. Wow, your voice. There's something sexier about your voice today.
1: He got a microphone.
2: Man, microphone becomes you.
0: Thank you. I think I think that'll be the name of our next comedy special. The microphone becomes microphone becomes me. becomes me.
2: It's nice. It, it gives you a rounded edge, and it takes some of the e or out.
0: Yeah, you know, I just realized, like you know, smartphones and Samsung headsets and the laptop <laughs> and you, I, made me sound like you know, hi, how y'all doing? Okay, welcome to Save Up with Candle's the show I, with no name. You look I'm, fabulous, Gareth. I, with the microphone, it's like, hey, how y'all doing?
2: No, that's good. The further he
1: goes without acknowledging it, the funnier it gets. (laughs) Yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Jules. And we're on the same page. Trust me. I said it to him about two weeks ago and he feigned kind of innocence, sort of. And I don't know. Oh, okay. If that's what you think, Gareth. And I was like, there's no way I'm the first person that said this. There's no way.
0: No, others have said it as well. Including my brother for many a year teasing me going, if you're gay, it won't bother me safe.
2: Listen, listen, if you're not doing talk radio in America in about 10 years, I'm a monkey's uncle. Oh, you should be doing it here. When you get over here, you should do talk radio.
0: Oh, I'm definitely going to do talk radio. You
2: sound like a sexy southern black man, to be honest, but...
0: (laughs) Well, in a former life, I was a stripper by the name of Salted Caramel. Oh yeah.
2: Well, yeah, that's, that's, it's pretty fucking close.
0: That would be my stripper name, Salted Caramel.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is so close. Hello
0: there, children.
2: Hey, Chef. And who knew that Chef without a mic sounded like
0: Eeyore?
1: <laughs> nice to see you. How have yeah, you been?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah good. We're, we're good. We're good. We've been good. Still crazily waiting to hear from the BFI on this funding that we went for, because they just seem that not only are they privileged people in a privileged job, who are privilegedly furloughed and working less hours, we should have known about a month, two months ago now whether we were getting the funding or not. They're still looking at it. I spent about three weeks nudging. Two weeks ago, they said we'd hear in a week and we're still waiting. And it's just that that annoying thing where people in privileges who have the in privilege who have the purse strings don't realize like, we we have a fucking life we've got to get on with. We got six people involved in the production,
1: but that's that's been a real big. I mean, on a very different topic, but that's been of the that, that topic uh, that similar topic of conversation has been consistent. I've yeah, been hearing sure. that day in and day out from everyone on one thing or another, whether it's whether it's you know pandemic relief, whether it's work or you know, whether it's personal funding. They're like, people don't seem to understand there's a sense of urgency. Like I'm fortunate. I have a 40 hour a week job that pays my bills right. and everything that I need. And that's not gonna change because it's an essential functions job. If if something happens, we get a waiver, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm
1: very blessed to have that. But I have friends of mine who are barely making ends or they're not a, a able to take that next step in what they're working on because there's just, everybody's just like, oh, well, there's a pandemic.
2: I, I don't know if you guys have seen what's happened here in the last 24 hours with our government kind of laying out. So so Boris yesterday laid out the plan to reopen, right? The plan in theory is we're all out again by the end of, June twenty by June twenty first or something, right? So all of the live gigs, all of the live gigs, the pro page became a wash yesterday. Yesterday, when they announced that, you know, immediately the pro comics uh, threads became full of adverts for gigs. But you know, I was thinking I had a meeting this morning with a bunch of comics because we meet every morning just to say what we're doing for the day to have some motivation. And James Cook. where Kiran had already said to me, I don't care if Edinburgh goes ahead, you're not going. James Cook, who would normally go every year with Board Game Smackdown, I was really relieved to hear James say, I won't go this year if it is gonna happen. And and the scary thing is, this is all bullshit about landowners and money and making sure people don't lose massively financially again, because look at what the, the plan is to open up about a month before Edinburgh, which lost a lot of money last year, from what I understand, the C venues, if you don't know those, jewels they're the kind of theatre and dance venues, right? All little small ones. Okay. Apparently, apparently the C venues were told by the Fringe Society, this is before Boris's announcement, before Boris's announcement, that they had received in support a million pounds from the British government and that C venues were to assume that the fringe is going ahead because we've been given a million pounds by the government. So we have to behave like it's all basically like, go ahead, like it's happening. And I think that's designed as always. Yes, it may happen. We may all be okay. There may be no COVID in the UK. Realistically, we know that's not the case. Businesses and landowners, particularly wealthy Tory ones want their fucking income and their money. So this year we're going to say Edinburgh is going ahead. We're going to get loads of comedians, loads of people in the arts, to spend, deposit money, to invest, to be ready to go to Edinburgh, and then a breakout at Edinburgh, either before or within the first week. Like Edinburgh, viruses go rife because it's all people in a small place together, and now they're going we to even over- call it the Edinburgh plague. But not only that, like James was saying. Even if they do open the fringe and he's being encouraged to book, you know, to book and go again as he would, his room is going to be half full because there's no way you can pack people in like normal. So you're not going to make the money which you struggle to make when you can get a full room. So I think we are what we're doing is Boris has been very, very clear. So he's laid out this multi-leveled plan to slowly get out, right? But what he's the caveat that he's laid out is. I don't want us coming out of lockdown till it's irreversible. And at every stage of this process, I'm telling you that means we're coming out of lockdown, we will be checking. And if we can't meet certain criteria, we won't be coming out of that stage. So realistically, what he's done is, we're going to bullshit you so you all relax again and start spending money like you're all coming out of lockdown and everything's yep. definitely happening. Yep.
1: Yep. And, and then, then close it right back down. at
2: every stage, we yep. can close it again on a whim yep. and having had you spend money again in the economy based on you gambling yep. that everything's gonna be all right.
1: I just talked about this with my dad about here too, because my dad was saying, you know, we were having a family chat. He was talking about coming out here because they, they leave Arizona every summer because it gets too hot, you know, in like July, August. And they come back East or go up North. I said, don't buy your tickets because if you buy your tickets, you only have a year to rework those, right? You only have a year. And if you buy those tickets and they shut us down for eight months, two weeks before you're ready to go, you're fucked, right? And then you're out 800 $900. And you know it's, You can't do this. And and you know everybody seems to think, oh, they're going to do it. And I said to him, I said they haven't done a good job thus far.
2: No. And it took what you... what
1: makes you think they're they're going to?
2: We had we had two grand invested with with Qatar because we were going to fly to Australia in January, mm-hmm. for three mm-hmm. months. That was the plan. Mm-hmm. I
1: remember that. I remember yeah. that.
2: It's taken us nearly three months to get our money back from Qatar. When they tried initially, what they try and do is offer you a voucher, so you can book Uh, a different mm -hmm. site another time. Mm -hmm. We, After the shit that went off with Qatar and the women being searched from Australia, we went, no, fuck it, give us our money. Mm -hmm. Three months to get 2,000 pounds from a company that's minted because they're making as much as they can in that little three months on interest. Right.
0: Sorry, women getting searched. I'm. you lost me
2: here. In Qatar, in Qatar at Qatar Airport, unbeknownst they didn't know who did it, but basically, a woman that worked in the cleaning division had a child in the loose or something, put it in a bucket or a waste basket because she would lose her job and get in trouble, because it's illegal, because she would have had sex outside of marriage. So that what they did though was they got a load of Australian women who happened to be coming through at the same time the baby was discovered and they physically searched them took them into an ambulance and carried out a search like you're doing a drug search to try and confirm who might be the baby's mother. Australia had a massive reaction to it against uh, Qatar um and yeah When did, they didn't tell, when they didn't did this tell happen? Them. This is literally, remember, we're living in such a crazy world that any news story can disappear now. Yeah. So this happened about, probably about three, probably about, no, probably about five months ago. Look up baby Qatar Airways Air, uh, Airport.
1: Crazy baby story. Some woman. From the baby story. <laughs> Another horrible baby story. Love them. The show with no
0: name. We're going deep I and dark. I
1: woke up and it was on the top of my Google. It was horrible. Um, <laughs> some woman in Indiana was granted granted like a $200 million, $200,000 mil, or $1,000,000 lawsuit against the uh, prison system where she was a Kentucky woman. She was in jail in, uh, in, uh, Indiana no an Indiana one was in jail in Kentucky excuse me and she gave birth in the jail right and she said that they had they had had cried for hours and hours a nurse came and checked her and said she wasn't ready and then no one came back right gave birth to the baby said she had to cut the umbilical cord with her teeth this was in the news headline right Mm -hmm. in the first couple paragraphs and then she climbed inside the mattress because there was no heating or anything in the cell to protect her and her child, and they came by the next day.
2: Oh my God!
1: The next day, right, and took her. Yeah, and then, but, and, and then they and took everybody. her
0: kid. Yeah, but Americans, I'm sorry, people. I have to, I have to interrupt here. Two points: one, Americans have the worst penal colony system in the it, world. It's a cash they make
1: system. they make the China, it's a, they it's make
0: a, they make China look like Disney.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a for-profit system. We are still running slavery. Uh, brands like, listeners, if you don't know, have a nice look at the list that 13th on Netflix gave us. Um, there's a lovely list. It includes some of your favorite companies like Target and Starbucks. What so, do they um, make, what do that'll they piss off Star- all the white ladies. What um, do they make f-
0: we, ve- we have very few white listeners, but w- what, what happens in Starbucks? You surpre- what? You'd
1: be surprised. Rich white entitled women is a Venn diagram with a lot of crossover all right you'd be surprised um, mm. Starbucks these companies use they uh, I think it's prison like labor, no? warehouse prison labor. labor it's like prison labor for warehouse usage. So they pr- they pay these prisoners like a dollar or two an hour because they're they don't have the same rights as citizens because they're prisoners, right? They're criminals.
0: No, um, I, I, I understand that. I'm asking yeah, what do they make for? I'm asking what do they make for Starbucks?
1: They don't make anything. It's warehouse. It's packing and storage oh, and shipping. It's like the it's like warehouse popping. jobs. Yeah. <sighs>
0: Thank God, yeah. I was worried
1: they run like warehouse type stuff out of these prisons or they provide laborers that go well, cool. to.
2: <clears throat> in, in, in Shawshank, in Cool Hand Luke, both films let you see we're sending the chain gang off somewhere else to work for less money than people should work for on a secret little, we'll say they're fixing the prison, whatever, while they're making someone's farm more valuable. Or a again. new motorway
1: so the documentary talks about how i think it's something like five like the us is like five percent of the world whatever whatever percent of the world's population we are right tiny percent of the population but we are 25 percent of the world's of the the incarceration rate worldwide 25 percent
2: yeah yeah We're then not you even
1: have a population yeah, then you got the
2: stats for the imprisonment of of young black men and black people over white
1: for right. the same crime
2: right. but like smoking dope white guy uh here's a fine fuck off black here's guy, community service
1: yeah. hand it over that's another one <laughs> mm. it's absurd
0: but on to brighter notes uh secondly yeah. gareth, gareth berliner uh, stand up uh, like i'd love to let our listeners Tell me know when a little...
2: this is this real when is this real it's really
1: it's community. all
0: it's all real it's that's... all
1: real it's a free-for-all. We'll, it. we'll cut it and put it together,
2: yeah. Oh, it's a free, because we don't know what it is.
1: Yeah. The show with no name it's means, means that no there's name. no,
0: no <laughs> rules. Just try not to gross out our listeners and make them never want to come back again, basically. Uh, that's pretty much, oh, you know, what... Can, can I
2: ask a question about, about the title of the show? Yeah. Right? Please is please the please. title of the show, The Show With No Name, full stop, we've guessed... Gareth Bellina, because what what I don't know if you picked up if I if you understood what I was saying to you, but I got the email and it's like the most insulting email unintentionally <laughs> it goes the show with no name, Gareth Bellina. like <laughs> the show with no name, Gareth Bellina. <laughs> what the fuck? I've worked really hard to have a fucking name.
0: The whole purpose of the show is like when the Roman centurion would come back from a successful campaign and there'd be that dude behind him in the chariot holding the laurel over his head and whispering in his ear remember thou art mortal remember thou art mortal that's the purpose of the show with no name but anyway um
1: what actually happened is we spent six and a half hours After a night that I had not slept, trying to figure out a name and could not agree on one and eventually went, fuck it, we're not giving it a name.
0: To quote Jules exactly, she just suddenly (laughs) went, why don't you just call it the show with no name?
2: (laughs) It's it's lovely because it's it's, the show with no name conjures up uh, a Clint Eastwood quality. There you go. You can have that. The man with no name is a Sergio Leone trope. But like the show with no name is like this show wearing a poncho, smoking and chewing on a cigar. It's lovely. It's great. And on, th-
0: and on that note, our guest for today's show, Gareth Berliner. He's a stand-up comedian. He's been nearly doing it for 20 years in the UK. He's also been on television, including the flagship of UK terrestrial TV soap operas, Coronation Street. And he happens to have started during lockdown, a really quite cute and endearing for both adults and children alike, Pirate and Parrot, a show for kids in lockdown with his lovely wife, Kirina. How's well that done. For,
2: thank you. That was great. And also, well done on pronouncing Kirina's name correctly. A lot of people don't get that.
0: Well, you know, I, I struggle with names. Like, yes, uh, my last guest from episode 14, I made the mistake of calling her first name Sonal. And then she gave me a couple of tips on like how to pronounce her name. She was like, think hormonal, that I didn't really want to, yeah. you know? And then she said, think tonal. So I was just like, so every time I'd be addressing her in my head, there'd have to be that little, you could hear it in the audio, like until I edit it to get rid of it. But you could hear that delay of Sonal. And then she'd be like, you know, cause like, I, you know, it's one thing to, you know, like you wouldn't want to be pronounced like, unless it was a Scandinavian villain going Yareth.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done by the way on 14 episodes. So in the show with no name, hmm. Jules, the producer, is it like one of those shows where like, like on, uh, like on uh, Howard Stern, where your producer Jules is like part of the dialogue and she chips in occasionally, or is it one of those where you and Jules are going to cut Jules out and she doesn't exist? No, no, no. Uh, we exist. haven't reached
0: that. We haven't reached the latter. We haven't reached the latter part yet.
2: Okay. Jules
1: sometimes, you... sometimes with... she doesn't even review what gets put out.
0: <laughs> and sometimes she does an eleven-minute rant against anti-vaxxers.
1: Don't start. All right, but we I'm, don't have I'm time for that.
2: I'm with you.
0: We can do a 14 second round they're fucking idiots there you go moving on
2: <laughs> i have no comment
0: <laughs> i know
2: but, I'm, I'm but... Half, hey are you are you any of you am i the only one out the three of us that's half vaccinated i'm on my way to no, four.
1: i i got my first shot i'm scheduled to get my second one next what? week
2: with work. hey hey what flavor are you rocking
1: I have no idea. Pfizer. <laughs> oh
2: man, did they not tell you what you had?
1: That, well, I'm sure they did, but they did it. My boss was like, Vaccinations. And I was like, huh? And he was like, the vaccinations. And I was like, okay. And then I went to work and I didn't ask him many questions.
2: I'm a I'm a, I'm a Pfizer boy, but I apparently I might be able to mix it up with a hint of AstraZeneca or something. So I don't know what I'm doing next. But I'm interested in, I quite like the idea of an AstraZeneca chaser to a Pfizer opening. But we'll see. See if I get lucky. it, picks it
1: up a little.
0: Yeah. Suddenly I'm getting images of Tom Cruise and Cocktail.
2: Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what he's going Bogland's Law.
0: What was his name again? What was it? Bogland's Bog- Law. He's Bogland. made
2: the, the Australian guy. I can't remember the other, Brian Brown. He's a brilliant Brown, act, yeah. Australian actor. And he's the one who goes, Coglan's Law, Tom, right? What you got to do behind the bar? Coglan's Law.
0: Yeah. Sad the, how the film progressed. But anyway, we're not going to spoil too many films and TV shows on the show with no name. Don't try. Play. We try not to. Uh, but back to your earlier, like, back and forth Don't about
2: you- the... You said this show goes where this show goes. I
1: just have to say, one division trying to get back to the bio.
0: (laughs) No, no, I'm done with the. No, I did
2: back to the bio. Sorry.
0: No, no, done to the bio. I just wanted to go back to when you guys were talking about the Edinburgh Fringe. I read, and I can't remember if it was in a Facebook forum or somebody posted it, or if it was an article but i read somewhere that if the fringe was going ahead this year that it was going to be outdoor which in edinburgh is fucking brilliant because it's polar ice um and at half capacity no so, i
2: think no, nobody knows i think the reality yeah. is nobody knows yet how the fringe will work if it's going to work I liked that Alan Anderson had a suggestion, and I think that's part of what you might have seen, which were Alan Anderson is a Scottish promoter, and he was suggesting that it's a smaller festival, that it's only people in Scotland can come to the festival this time, and that it support only Scottish artists. And I kind of think for one, you know what? For, for the first year we lost Edinburgh, you know, we lost it last year, this year you do it but you do it within scotland to to kind of protect scotland as much as possible from variants coming in for the festival etc uh, i like that idea if it's going to go ahead at all personally i wouldn't i wouldn't do edinburgh this year
0: i even if i managed to do what i need to do and migrate and move back in time before the fringe mm-hmm. i wouldn't I wouldn't partake, even as an audience member, I wouldn't partake just because, you know, like it's just such a, I feel like it's, we can swear on this show. I feel like it's such a goddamn shit show when it comes to like looking at how Western politicians have handled everything.
2: I'll tell you this, K- Kirina and I. You know, I know everybody's done their different research. Everybody's reading different papers and different mm. bits of news. No, no. But I, what I will tell you is, from everything, everything so far, Kirina and I have said about what we think is going to happen next, based mm. on our distrust of government and our knowledge of vulnerable people, etc., has been right. And we're mm. now both of the opinion. We're not actually gonna be out, 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 like no going back. Lockdowns out, out till 2022. When the when the plague hit in uh, in Shakespeare times, it was two years. When the Spanish flu hit, it was two years, and that was without the level of technology and everything else we had.
0: And cross travel and cross contamination. Yes. There was like way yes. more like in comparison to the Black Plague. Hey man, that's the African-American plague. Sorry, it was the Black Plague. That's not fair, that's racist. Well, I'm sorry, that's just the way history is. Shit, man. Anyway, during the Black Plague, when like over half of Europe died, and that was just sea travel. And it it still spread throughout Europe. And throughout the Mediterranean and through certain Arab countries. And then when you had the Spanish flu, there was air travel. But it was mainly sea and land travel at that time, and it was still two years. Whereas now, you've got people and going in aer- airplanes, airports, train stations, tube stations. So, it's just we're just walking petri dishes. So, so
2: the show with no name. Yeah. What are you? What the fuck are you about? Because you've got no title. Fist. I've got no clue. What are you about?
1: This. That's what, what do you I mean, thought. what are we about? We i Inter- well, I'm, no, no.
2: I'm not putting you on the spot. No, no, I, I don't feel that way. I don't feel it. that way. Me neither. I don't just, feel that yeah, way. I, I just, don't feel just,
1: defensive. I just I have just a callback to the Izzy episode. Yeah. Because Izzy, Izzy and I, when we talked yeah. with Izzy Lawrence, I don't know if you've yeah. ever seen her. her so she no, did no, this. Did. Amazing, okay, so she also did this amazing TED talk, right? And I found her TED talk while I was doing all that research on laughter and the study of the brain. And that was one of like the first TED Talks that I watched that really got me into it. But she mentioned in the episode that the reason we're all really doing any of this is just to chat. It's just to be social. Oh, I know. absolutely. It's just to spend time and create space for artists. I, and I think I, that I, having no direction for that is an incredible way to just allow for creative freedom on, on from every angle.
2: I think, we, I think one of the most incredible things Look, I think people are very frightened to say sometimes about good that comes from, you know, real shit. And the real shit is we've lost millions of people to COVID already. What's Mm -hmm. weird is... In the
1: US alone, what did they say? It climbed over 500,000?
2: Yeah, but what's... Weird and positive and good and wonderful is that, for instance, in making all of, all of us end up online for entertainment and Zoom and comedy gigs, there's a whole bunch of disabled people in the world, a group already marginalised and dying at a greater rate of COVID, right? There's disabled people that are going to comedy clubs for the first time because they're online on Zoom. There's people seeing gigs and, being, and their access being enabled to lots of things that they weren't privileged to be able to afford a ticket for, because now they're online, some of those things have to not charge, or they're government funded, or they have government support. So suddenly you've got actually a lot more stuff opening up. What we've lost is, is yes, the direct social interaction. But I even feel like having these Zooms, right, when we started them, they were cold. It wasn't me hanging out with Jules and safe and being able to give them a hug or shake hands or touch them. But now it's hit a point where viscerally, in the right chats, I'm so comfortable on Zoom now that I get, I feel, this almost the same satisfaction I would get if I was hanging out with them for real. Mm. And I think at the start, I didn't have that. So even my my senses have stretched to make my connection with people greater just, just as long as I see them.
1: I'm not sure who I was having the conversation with. but I think it was last week. I was talking with someone about this because it had to be like my aunt or my mom or my dad or something where they were like, oh, like I hate my smartphone and like I don't even this this Zoom shit, it's not real interaction, and you know, these kids don't understand, yada, yada. And I said, it, you know, we're, we're losing this direct sociability, you know, that that whole perspective. It was me. And...
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was me. It was me. Thanks for thinking of me as mom, or dad, or whatever, but it was me. Well, carry on. A
2: lovely compliment. So
1: anyways, fine. <laughs> but I made this statement of it's not, it's not a death of interaction. And, and it didn't, it didn't really drive home to me until I was talking to my, my daughter's mom. And I was talking to her and she said, you know, the girls are so young that they don't have a full grasp of, you know, what it's like to not be in pandemic, specifically yes. the young right? Because she's only like three now. So because of that, she's too young to know what it is like to get your social interaction before this. So this is what she knows. So what's amazing is that we have these technologies and these things available to us that allow us, and I I said to her, I said, you know, it's not the death of a communication, it's the evolution. You know, I'm sure some generation thought, you know, at one point we were all doing oral history. Everything was just passed on generation to generation. And the argument was when writing started, oh, people stopped that tradition, you know, then we get the telephone and now, now, you know, we have the telephone and people don't write letters anymore. And now you have the internet and people don't call anymore. And now we have Zoom and you don't interact anymore. It's just an evolution to fill the need for sociality that we have. Mm-hmm. And I think it's incredible that we have that opportunity.
2: I have so many levels on which I can talk to safe. It's mm-hmm. the weirdest thing. Like when I think about it, you think about that. I mean, not that America isn't far away. No disrespect to America. But when I think of Egypt, I think we weren't wow, you- disrespect yeah we're plenty um but i think when i think of egypt it's like egypt you know like egypt in my head i've been to israel i've been on the border right you're
1: like oh fuck that's
0: That's a few hours in an airplane
2: yeah that's properly far away and yet i can pick up my fucking phone i can contact him on instagram i can send him a text i can send him my voice on whatsapp he can send me video, like just I know. Wait. I know we all say it. it sounds like the talk of a stone man to say, "Hey, isn't technology amazing?" But like the le- the level of travel we have made, I remember specifically, which is showing my age, but I specifically remember holding the first console unit before Atari which was with with, with a joystick, with just a a, a dial to turn the Pong stick on Pong. And it was a whole machine dedicated to Pong. And it was like the first consoles. Like, and in in my lifetime, we've gone from that to me putting on a fucking headset and being in the movie Ready Player One. Yeah. And I can meet safe in that headset and hug him. I hugged. Sorry, I'm just excited. I hugged a comedian friend. It's okay. I hugged a comedian friend in virtual space, Kevin Shepard and I met in the Oculus Quest in a game where we we had bodies within the game. They're not our bodies, but still I was able to walk over to my mate and they have this weird hug in virtual space that actually I felt like I fucking hugged my mate. It was incredible.
0: I'm suddenly getting images of that Black Mirror episode when the. When the yeah, it didn't go that. It didn't go that. <laughs> when the two, we're not going to spoil. And if it was, gonna... if it,
2: if it had of, I'd have better taste than Kevin.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, oh. sorry, Kevin.
2: Sorry, Kevin. Just a diss because I love you.
0: But no, um, I I think, because I remember being old enough. As you said, uh, Gareth, like, I mean, we didn't have the the Pong system. We had the Atari system. And then a couple of years later, but to go, you're right, you know, to go from a game watch Yes, where where you had the guys, the two paramedics with the stretcher going, it was a possibility of three different places to catch jumping people from a burning building.
2: Burning building onto the thing. They bounced off.
0: To go from that to having Skyrim on my switch blows my mind on a regular like every time I boot up the switch, I'm just like, oh my
2: god. You wanna freak out. Imagine if you love Skyrim on your switch, people have modded it up now so it can be in your VR headset, your Skyrim. So you're in the bar. No, no,
0: there is Skyrim VR on the PS on the PlayStation. But there's I mean, also yeah. there's also coming out because it's the 35th year anniversary of uh, legend of zelda and skyward sword i think it's called is coming out on the switch and they've modded the the controls for the nunchucks so the like the controllers of the switch so that if you do this you're you're chopping that way you're whatever oh, correcto. direction correcto. whatever like- direction you're actually doing it with the sword and yeah. with the shield but um yeah, we've gone a bit geeky now because, like, I can see Jules just drifting off, going, "I have no idea." Doodling, what doodling.
2: Is. Sure, I was doodling,
0: doodling, calling, writing. I
2: hate the games. Call me
1: out for multitasking. That's rude. Okay. The, it's the, my up- multitasking that keeps this on schedule. <laughs>
2: oh god we all need the duels mate honestly trust me
1: no <laughs> no i'm just teasing i'm just messing no no but,
2: but i i've i have i have started you know recording some episodes of a of, for the old. Oh, we've done one so far but for a podcast with a mate and and yeah. I, yeah and i need i need somebody with me i i need not to feel alone in it in the same way that saves working with you it's and 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 my mate's really good at sound or whatever, so he'll do with that, but we're, we're doing one. Actually, it's interesting because it's not dissimilar to you two where I wanted my mate to do it so it wasn't two comedians owning a podcast wanking each he other off verbally. Right, right. Instead, it's me. And we my, try not and to I, do that. I've got, yeah, I've got no kids. I, I'm married, but I've got no kids. My mate is a few years younger than me. He has five kids. I've known him for about 20 years. And so it's, it's, well, that's the reality is that you want people that are listening to actually have at least a connection. So if they can't connect to my world where I'm an actor or I'm a comedian, they can at least connect to the bloke who's just a normal dad, father of five, you know? You know what I Well
1: There's also also something to be said for, for dialogue and it's not necessarily, I mean, variance of experience is important but it's also when you have when you have multiple like like my uncle used to always tell me you don't always, you don't only you don't ever want to have just your mind in your brain right like you want to own your mind and be in control of your thoughts right but you don't ever want to have just like your perspective and only your perspective and turn on the blinders right you need to have multiple voices going that's what that's what encourages in engagement and expansion right and so if, if you have that dialogue even if you're talking like even if we were sitting here having a very specific conversation about you know your acting experience and everything within the performance world and you know your years of experience within that having multiple people to dialogue makes it easier to listen and engage with and i think it's a really great thing but when you when you find people like like we've had episodes that were script- very, very scripted, right? When we first started. And that was awesome, right? We, I think we did a- asked like a lot of really great questions and we covered a lot of really great things and it was a beautiful stepping stone. But when you put like for this, like we all know each other, right? So it's not as weird. There's not this weird bio and I need to get to know you and research yeah. and you're a person, right? Like you're just a friend and we're having a dialogue and that is an incredible thing to share with the world. It is, but it's a lot of work. So I commend you guys because it's a lot of work.
2: Did both of you, can can I ask, because I haven't listened to all 14 episodes. Can I just ask, have you, have you had anyone on an episode yet where you didn't, where both of you didn't know them really, you know, they were just a guest on the podcast. Have you had that? I think, ironically, the episode that just
0: went live yesterday—I'd uh, never actually met her in person. I only e-met her, um, and You he took like, together went clubbing. No, I meant electronically. Um, okay. Which was Esther Minito.
2: Yes. Oh, she's lovely. i I and I'd never met her till lockdown. Uh, I think. Or oh, maybe exact- just- I never
0: met her even though you know I I find that we had a lot of interesting similarities like both British Arab both mixed uh, heritage um and I research like I do generally research my guests uh if I even if I know them like even but no but like there's an exception I mean like you Mm. and I both started doing comedy around the same time so I've actually kind of known you throughout your career Yeah you're not going to talk about the murders? Only the ones in Coronation Street but um, yeah yeah but like no I I think there comes a point where you know if you want to do a lot it depends on the guest it depends on the structure as Jules said we did do this thing of you know we would send our guests a bunch of questions that we would ask them and it was a great idea while it lasted (laughs) it was a great idea while it lasted but truth be told there is something to be said about the the dying art of conversation because what made me raise the subject of yeah even though there's been this evolution in smartphones and technology and zoom and so on and so forth (laughs) <laughs> For our listeners, he he just wrote, I didn't realize the power of text distraction. Which, yeah. Uh, all right, fine. Fair enough. Fair enough, Gareth. Sure. I see what you're trying to do. Um, touché.
1: Touché. <laughs> um, touché. But touché. Th- I watched Donna's I- last night.
0: <laughs> but what I pointed out uh, to Jules was she mistaken me for her mother or her father or whatever. <laughs> was that I feel that the evolution of conversation, I'll tell you an interesting analogy. Years ago, with where you're at. No, no, but you'll see where I'm going with. It. Years <laughs> ago. Years <laughs> Damn, ago.
1: You were so close.
0: Years ago, whenever I would call Patrick Monahan on the phone, and you'd be he'd finish that conversation a week later. well not only that but it was also i don't know if you've ever spoken to patrick on the phone there's there's this i don't know if it's changed to nowadays it's the same thing where you get this feeling like he doesn't know how to say bye at the end of the conversation so he'll be sort of like doing this thing of like bye bye and as the phone goes away from his ear bye 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 and then hangs up you know like you know anyway So I think that there is a certain art form of conversation and smartphones can make either smarter people or dumber people. It depends. It's all to do with power, technology. What is your use for it? If you're going to be one of those people, like an analogy in the staff room, when I was a teacher, smartphones were just starting to make their big explosion. Everyone had a smartphone. Some people had cut the rope. Some people had... Candy Crush saga and yeah yeah. and as a gamer I would always look at Candy Crush as like gamers heroin it's literally just heroin for gamers it's literally just trying to match four fruits five fruits three fruits the same as each other in rows and it's sort of like you kind of want to go what's the end game of Candy Crush I mean do you get like do you feel like a full, you know, like when you play an adventure game, like when you were playing and I saw you post it in your story, you played oh, the, the Spider-Man, episode. the Spider-Man, 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 Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. And you'd said something about how you'd finished the storyline and it had gotten you emotional. Like it, it was like, it was a powerful, like, you know, that suspension of yeah. disbelief as a gamer slash someone who enjoys the comic book fiction world yeah, yeah, would enjoy yeah, yeah. So there's that fulfillment. Or if you play Legend of Zelda, or if you play a, any large open world game, or even a sandbox game, you feel
2: like you've accomplished something, you know, God of War, Call of Duty. I I, I rode a horse brilliantly in Red Dead Redemption. And, and to the point that on some days, on a, on a shitty day, I would be saying to my wife, I'm um, look is it all right if I use the computer PS4 yeah all right I'm just I'm just I just need to go for a ride on the and I would go for like an hours ride on my fictional computer horse up a mountain to sit and watch a sunset that wasn't real vicariously via an, via an avatar character like and got satisfaction
0: well you know it's ironic cuz I saw an episode of the big bang theory where Sheldon was on the couch playing Red Dead Redemption. And Leonard comes in and goes, what are you doing? I decided to go for a walk to, t- to clear my mind. And he's just walking <laughs> in the town, right? And
2: yeah. then he
0: goes, why don't you go outside? He goes, Leonard, it's LA, and it's past nine o'clock. Of course I'm not going to go out, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's like, so it's it's totally, I mean, I, for example, love to drive in Grand Theft Auto Five. And I don't know if you got on the PS4 because there's a huge monumental difference between PS3 and PS4. You, and can go got- first per- you can go into first person.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got it on the PS4. And in fact, actually, they've already uh, ported it to Oculus. Like people have been playing uh, Grand Theft Auto Five on a VR headset with a mod from uh, downloadable from Steam, I believe. Wow. So you're in the car. You're actually in the car. Well,
0: exactly. And I like the idea of escaping the reality in which we're within. And I think that's another like afterthought background in my subconscious for the show with no name is because it's about bringing people together. It's about conversation. It used to be focusing on comedy. And I'm going to get this right now out the bat. So, you know, I mean, I know you're a creative. I know you're a comedian. I know you're an actor. I know you've done a lot of the world of being entertaining. There's this phrase I've come up with, which is like creator's block, similar to writer's block, but you know, it's Mm -hmm. like when you get a complete blockage within your internal system of creating. Do you have any shareable tips for our creative listeners on overcoming creator's block that you'd like to share?
2: Oh, that's interesting. Um, uh, yeah, well, I mean, for me, it's it's got to be about stimulating yourself. Even and, and, and stimulating yourself, I, I should preface like not just having a wank, and that. <laughs> <out. laughs> Although you know, don't get if you wrong, can't write that. wank. Just have a wank. Okay. Um, but I I I find now if I'm creatively blocked, I will go out and walk and get air, I will indulge and listen to music maybe I haven't listened to for years to evoke memories and nostalgia. I'm a great one for if if I am blocked, trying to if nothing else, create old stories I remember of experiences which just stimulate, you know, you're stimulating your memory and your creativity, things you were creative with in the past, things you may have put away and forgotten about. And so I try and churn because when you turn, you suddenly remember, oh, I used to like X or you know, what happened about my love for such and such or what happened to that bloke I used to know. Oh, my God, I had a great story about that bloke I used to know. So, yeah, I try and I try and go for a walk or, or a stroll in my own head down memory lane. Uh, uh, I mean, I and and I suppose actually other really simple I remember when I, I was in the hospital on one occasion and I was I was losing I'd lost it mentally I, I was losing it mentally I was on very strong doses of morphine I was also suffering with depression I couldn't maintain a conversation really I mm. couldn't read the paper properly, and I remember I would sit down and I would write the name I would try and write the names of every person I have ever met, not famous names I know just write down every name you know every person but it has to be someone that you've actually like, not the name of a friend's friend that you know, it's gotta be really? someone you've met and you write and write and write and that's all I was doing. I was just writing lists of names. Number one, cause it grounded me more in my memory and the real world where I thought I was going mad and I was losing it. So I knew all of that stuff was real. But also again, remembering all those names, names came out the woodwork that I'd not thought about in years and that brings about imagery you don't think about for years which brings about memories you haven't thought about in years etc so creatively trying to stimulate that but also i think there's you know be inspired so so there are two tips one is go online and watch some stuff in the in the vein of what you're trying to creatively develop whether that's comedy or art or music or whatever um but at the same time watch some shit comedy or music or art deliberately because you should also be inspired by mediocrity. You should also be inspired by that. That person is not doing that right. And actually I think I could do it better. And a lot of people end up getting into comedy because they saw one shit act. Like there's those that are inspired by seeing brilliant performers, but some are inspired by you go to a gig and you go, actually, this guy's funny, but I'm funnier, I think. My friends think I'm funny. I'm going to give it a go. Yep. That's what happened to me. Yeah. So there's that's that's how I started. You were, you saw someone shit.
0: I went as an audience member while I was at university, I was sitting in the audience front row and a comedian came out and I don't know if you remember PJ.
2: How can I forget PJ? Of course I remember (laughs) PJ. You mean, you mean mean PJ who also looked like Frank DeLeo, Michael Jackson's former manager. That PJ.
0: That's the one. Him, really greasy. Really, when he, he, say again. Robbed the bank. He was robbed the bank. I don't know about Rob the Bank. I remember him I remember him the doing the, the Rob that was the state. Okay. I think it's robbing bank. Because I remember he did the stay, uh, he used to have the pub, the watershed, or the white spotted horse in Wimbledon. I was there in the front row and I can't remember for the life of me who was the act but they were so I shit told. no no they were just so shit they had like literally no material like in hindsight they had no material so he thought he would do uh oh i'm gonna roast everyone in the front row and hopefully that'll be the fodder that makes my audience laugh and you know titillate so he picked on me you know fat person easy person to pick on always go for the fatties or the uglies so he went for the fatty if it wasn't you know, you, it was me. well that's the thing uh i was like for everything he said whatever I said was funnier made the audience laugh more and more. At the end of it, it even ended with me, like, you know, him sort of saying, okay, let's be, I can't remember, but I remember me saying to him, don't give up the day job.
2: No, classic.
0: You know, the ultimate, like, how to destroy a comedian's confidence in one sentence, don't give up the day job, or is this what you do for a living? On that note, but into a different tangent, it was Christmas, (laughs) it was a Christmas Eve dinner that I'd been invited to here in Egypt in 2007. So we're talking quite a while back. And I have this song that is a parody of Alanis Morissette's Ironic, and it's yeah. making fun of pedophiles, my pedophile song, or the sickle song, as I like to call it. And a friend of mine who knows it, loves it, was, with me at this gathering and he turned around and he said do the sicko song do the sicko song and i you know when you as a comedian you would read the room and you'd be like this is not the right room for this i did it regardless i i I did the song and he joined in in certain parts of the song and at the end of it dead silence for a good uncomfortable 11 seconds nobody said anything until one of my friends' fathers just suddenly said, "You get paid for doing this for a living."
2: Yeah, horrible. So, so kind
0: of karma bit me in the ass for me telling that comedian in two thousand and two, you know, don't give up your day job in two thousand seven. You get paid for doing this.
2: You know, you know, we uh, I, I had um, the friends I lived with when I was when I, I moved out when I was twenty, and I was living with these two brothers, lovely, like brilliant guys and the three of us lived together. And we got into this little routine where I can't even remember who started it first, but sometimes, you know, someone would be telling a story and maybe they took longer, they, they went too long or, or, or it had too much detail and it just went on and on. And at the end of that story that they'd gone, hey guys, listen to what happened to me today. They'd finished the story and the other person would go, what a great story, right? Really cutting, very British, right? Really cutting but it got so bad that in the end we would come home and no one said, no one talked. Because you, you'd start going, oh mad, you never guess what happened to me. And then as, as you thought about what happened to you at college, you'd go, oh no, I can see where they'll probably just go, what a great, oh yeah. So you just stop. Yeah. So in the end we would just be together, not talking.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a lot of my ex-girlfriends. Sounds like geeks. Sounds like. Sounds like like there was this one gig I had years ago, ironically in 2007. I think 2007 was a strange year for me, but uh, it was like good in some parts and shitty in others. There was this one gig I did in Cairo on a riverboat on the Nile, and. I came onto this boat and i see like 20 30 you know definitely they they did not look egyptian they looked like they were from america or canada or europe because they were white basically like 20 white people so i was like yes excellent you know and then i even remember at one point at the beginning of my set asking them where are you from and one of them said canada and i was like oh great not paying attention to that little accent of the way they said canada because there's two ways of saying canada there's which is canada you know which is how they she said it and i didn't pay attention to it so i do my set 10 minutes in no laughs no nothing no reaction i'm like looking at them dead blank expressions and it dawned on me and i just suddenly went which part of Can are you from? The French-speaking part of Canada, Mais oui. And I was like, oh, okay, d'accord, merci beaucoup. Je suis très désolé, et je finir. You know, I was like, that was it. I'm not going to try and attempt to do stand-up in French. I'm not Eddie Azard.
2: Hey, hey, d- d- two questions for for the the podcast with no name, right? First of all, what what time is it in each of your respective countries, please?
0: Uh, it is now. Here. It's about coming up to half past
2: uh, five in the afternoon. Half five, half five. And, and for you, Jules?
1: Just about quarter after 10.
2: In the morning, evening? Yeah, morning. Evening. Um, I, and the other thing was, I don't know what your lighting arrangement is safe, but what I love about it, whenever you talk or move your head, <laughs> is that it looks like be in front of you, but I'm not seen by the camera. So behind the computer in front of you are two people having a conversation. Two, <laughs> women, two women with ponytails. Can you see? Can, am I alone? Can you see the conversation with the I, two women? I
1: see the conversation. With but I with see it is two men with hats on, though.
2: Okay, you're right. Uh, yeah, no, I can see it with the hats, but you can see if you look at the I hat, see the conversation.
1: Right, yeah, like they're both looking off, but they're talking to each other.
2: And the peak of the cap is the ponytail. Yeah. I,
0: I, I can see what he was talking about. There is another time if I have no cap and it's just my lovely bald head, then it looks like I'm resting between two shadow boobies.
2: <laughs> shadow boobies. The classic.
0: The new unreleased novel by J.R.R. What R. a weird way to
1: make that statement. Shadow what boobies. was the what was the what was the intention behind the word choice
2: shadow boobies?
0: I don't know, it just sounds it sounds like new novel from J.R.R. Tolkien, shadow boobies.
2: So hold on, so 14 episodes now. You're well episode done.
0: 15, thank you.
2: I'm all about I'm all about giving back, you see. So as a guest, I'm one of those guests that goes, and okay, pick yourself up. Well done." Also, we are in a global pandemic, so I think anyone producing anything of any content of any level or any quality even if it's bad tiktok jokes fair play you know because you could be just sat with with your with your duvet pulled up round your chin and here are the two of you at your respective different weird times in your respective different weird countries um working so well done and being creative well
0: you Thank you. Uh, well, I, I, I've I, said this before in a couple of episodes ago. Uh, I was telling Martin about this. Uh, you know the expression, idle hands are the devil's
2: workshop? Oh, yeah. Martin Moore?
0: Yeah. No, oh, I, was yeah. Tell, I was telling him that the, that phrase, idle hands are the devil's workshop, is only half of the phrase. The What's other half, ha- idle minds are the devil's playground. Oh, yeah.
2: That's true. That's true. Was Martin on? Yeah, yeah. He's episode six, I believe, or seven. Uh, so Four. i i have jo- I have joined alumni. I am. I am. I've joined. I've been. Uh, I've been taking my apple in to see my teacher. I've been. I went to one session with Martin, um, and I'm How doing one tomorrow. I- uh, no, good. It's good because just it's really hard. I think when you're an act. It's really hard uh, to sit down with your mates and ask them, like, I just want to talk about me or my act and my questions of it. And can you work with me for an hour talking about what I do and how I do it? And I've known Martin a long time, but I also knowing him a long time doesn't matter. I wouldn't say to Martin, Martin, can I bend your brain for an hour and talk exclusively about me? So when I saw somebody I know and respect who's been in the business longer than me, but was like, um, when I started as an open spot with someone I looked to as like, Oh, kind of dad figure type in comedy. I said to him, it's like psychotherapy. I said, I asked if I could come and have a one-on-one session. This is a comedian called Martin Moore who, who I've been to see and toasted so to see who just said, it's like comedy coaching. And I literally went to him as a, comedy psychotherapist, not to not prep, but just like, I just need to be answerable to someone other than myself. So like I had homework set this week, similar homework I'm sure to that which Safe has had. And this week I can tell him each day that I didn't do my homework and I can tell him how I did extra. And I, I can tell him that I didn't work at the hours we said and how hard I've actually found this week to begin to instill the discipline. And I've actually, uh, in, I was shitting it about seeing him again Wednesday. Now I'm not because I'm a fucking grown up and I could say, no, I haven't done all my jokes, mate. And he's not going to go, well, go, be gone. I want your 25 quid for a session. No, but that's, go, a, okay, that's a bit shit. But let's work on that.
0: But I know I've had him as an online coach and I know exactly where you're coming from. And you're not imagining it. I also would feel like shit, like dreading it because it's that whole, your teacher has assigned you homework. Yeah. And when the and teacher you assigns you, yeah, and when the teacher assigns you homework and you don't do it, you have got that, oh, fuck. Um, can I say the cat, can I say the cat shadow my homework? No, that's a lame excuse. That doesn't well, I Well,
2: I had excuses, but then I just instead did the work. So I haven't, I haven't done every day in the way I said I would, But I, you know, like so, I fucked the weekend off. I didn't get, you know, and and I I backpedaled and tried to do some Sunday.
1: Yeah, but like I think mental health should be included (coughs) in the reasonable accommodations clauses. Yes, (laughs) and
2: and yes, it's been a tougher week, but I also think actually I can still honestly say to Martin, it has been good because what it has done all this week is, if I've been looking at my, my, although I am creative about my lack of discipline to sit down and write, I've never been a comedian that works like that. And actually when it's harder, being technical about it and practical, treating it professionally, rather than hoping the jokes will fall in your lap or a bit of banter will just magically happen that's funny, actually it's helpful. So it's, it, it, it is helping, Definitely.
1: That's great. I, I have a question that I'll leave for, for both of you, which is, I mean, you know a little bit about, about Free Space, Gareth, and the listeners have heard the spiels and everything already. But one of the things, like, when I work with, say, for when I work with my other artists that I work with right now is is exactly that. So that, like, it's all of my work is not just plugging stuff in on the computers. A lot of it is, oh, I have this idea, but I just need to talk it out while I write it out? Can you just sit on the phone with me while I'm writing this? Can we, can we run through this thing that I wrote? What are, I guess, I guess, what are some of the most helpful ways to facilitate that? Because you made a very specific statement that caught my attention, which was that you can't always just turn to your friends and be like, hey, can I just talk to you about me? Right now? The reason this caught my attention is because you said it and immediately I rejected it. I was like, what? People don't do that? Right, Because like I do that all the time. My, my best friend of 22 years lives with me, right? And there are times where I literally knock on her door and I'm like, can I just talk to you about my shit for 35 minutes? And she's like, yeah, sure, right? And it's weird to me that other people don't have that.
2: I, I think, uh, if I'm honest, that's the one of the hugest differences in mental health between men and women. Uh, so right. What?
0: Ironic I used to years ago I remember asking my mother or my father I would sometimes say to the at different times but the way I would ask them something would be can I ask you a question and my mother's response to the phrase can I ask you a question was always don't no. ask just ask the question don't give the preface you know yeah. where
2: yeah. I I I learned how important that is when, when girls don't want you to say, I remember when I was, yeah, I'm going back like, yeah, I'm going back 30 something, 40 years when, when girls don't, I I remember saying to a girl sometime, you know, because I was a stupid bloke and didn't know just to go my heart guts or the vibe. um, It's all right. If I, it's all right. If I kiss you now, and like I know, perhaps now we've gone <laughs> back to that. Now, now we've we've all cut, you know, with the world we live in and having to be cautious. Actually, we've gone back to that, where perhaps you should be fucking asking rather than just lunging. At <laughs> him. Can, I, I, can I? Can I? Can I hold your hand? I did, but I remember being told off by a woman, you know, like a girl, woman, whatever, you know, like when I when I was certainly in my twenties, who was like, "Don't like you kill it. Don't fucking ask." you've just killed it there's a big difference between a vibe existing and then going in for the kiss and no vibe and and going in for the kiss right right
1: so so to touch back on what you said the statement about mental health differences between men and women one of the really interesting things through this lockdown is that the the additions to like so we had this like existing friend group of like to two or three of us, right? Like, so it was like me and Nicole and Zania, right? And when I moved back to Pittsburgh, like the three of us reunited since, for the first time since high school, right? Now, since then we've had like a number of people have come in and coming into this friend group, there's like, like a lot of us banded together because of trauma.
2: Yeah
1: the men that found their way to that friend group it's been very interesting to watch them adjust to the difference of being in a room that's safe safe. yeah right right that's safe and it blows my mind that people don't have that
2: so so this is not to say that when when i said the difference between men and women it's that's a sweeping generalization on my part Right,
1: right 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 right
2: because i i've got plenty of male I've got male friends that I can be open with my feelings in a conversation but they're not every bloke that I know right and certainly there are issues with being a comedian I think there are issues with trust with who you would tell like it's such an amazing fraternity to be a part of but if you're ever thinking about maybe I maybe I want to leave this world or maybe I you're terrified to discuss that with anybody because you would never want it getting out to the circuit that you weren't right. really committed anymore right. or that you were thinking maybe you'd had enough or, and what's been interesting with pandemic as well has been seeing a lot of different comedians here and there that I know who've been honest enough. And actually I say a lot, actually it's probably only been about half a dozen that I, I've heard openly talk about, Do you know what? I thought that I couldn't live without stand up, you know, that it's the, that it's my be all and end all. And actually I've kind of enjoyed not having to do it. And yes, the money, the money aspect is shit. And yes, I'm not enjoying that. I'm worried a bit worried, but I've quite enjoyed being at home with my family or getting to know my kids more or having more time to work on other ideas. And even me, to be honest, as much as I want the pandemic to be over and I and I kind of think it won't be till about 22. um, Me and Kiran have been you know I've been juggling all these different plates and pies and enjoying it and a part of my heart sank a little bit when I started seeing the gigs being advertised because it then meant oh god now I've got to because I'm also nervous I haven't gigged in a year properly i haven't i'm not in the swing of rolling off a gig the night before sorry i've i've, I've sidestepped but in terms of keep, going. Going. keep no no not at all keep going in, in terms of mental health um one one thing i i would say is there's a couple of things that i think are really important and you highlighted it so one is the comfort with friends and and when you see your friend is depressed to let them know you don't have to talk about this yeah. you can yeah. just yeah. be in my company being miserable and i won't ask questions and i'll just get on with shit if you just want company so when yeah. i had my breakdown at points when i couldn't converse and couldn't hold a conversation i had friends i had friends like that where i could be around them for the whole day not even f- like honestly, I was in such a bad place. Like not even you know, so a hundred percent paranoid and not feeling safe, even with people I should feel safe with. But I had the luxury of them being good enough people that I could just be in their company. Right. Um, that so that's number one is feeling you don't have to talk. And then the other one mm. is when you have a friend who reaches out to you, however depressed they are. Yes, you should support them and be an ear. Or, be, or, or offer them advice, but, and I think this is really important from my experience, at the 50 minute to an hour mark, in the same as if you'd gone to a therapy session, stop, yeah. move on, go out, grab a coffee, uh, talk about football or PlayStation or something else, because when you hit that, for, there's a reason therapy is 45 to 50 minutes, it's because when you hit that that point you're pretty much just going over the ground you've already covered it's rare that you'll be like and here's another thing you've never heard and here's another thing i've never talked about because you've just got you know you go back on yourself so i think there's a couple of things one is is having the safety to be around people with with Mm. your own feelings of sorrow or whatever they are but in company because you don't feel alone and also when your friend is 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 um needing advice and you're supporting them give them everything they need but for your own mental health as well as theirs have a point where you go and now we stop this which indulges both you and I feeling quite dark and down and now we're going to go off and do something completely unconnected just so that your life isn't a spiral of that conversation consistently
1: yeah so that makes a lot of sense to me Um, and I do a lot of that in discussions because it's something that I do myself. Like I do a lot of spiraling and repeat and getting stuck on a loop. And that's, that's, yeah, that's, that, that is something that I talk about a lot. Um, if I take it out of such an existential mode, right. And out of like the personal aspect of it. I mean, yes, everybody needs that in in their personal life, and we do. But one of the things I want to do is figure out a way to create that space, like, with artists. So, like, the same way that I do with Safe, where, like, you know, if he's going to do an online gig or something the day before or so, we'll have a chat for a half hour, 45 minutes, go over whatever he's run through, whatever he wants to run through, right? Right in addition to admin and I do that with the girl who does writing as well with me right she'll call me and go okay I worked on this chapter let's talk about this and she asks me once a week to send her an email with like what are my top three things for the week and we do it that way so I guess and I don't mean from like a service and business perspective I mean from a from a teaching education and and uh skill sharing perspective I guess how I guess, how how would we facilitate that amongst artists? Because I think it's something that these discussions, like you said, having that morning discussion about what you're going to do is, is a great way to facilitate it simply like that.
2: that. So i got two ideas for you. Uh, one is connected to being able to have those chats where people feel safe to offload, but only online. It's an idea, for, I have an idea for that, uh, which is, that if on your online free space that was for comedians, entertainers, artists, whoever, um, if you had a room, a chat room of anonymity within the site so that you could go on and go, hey, I've just been dumped, but my name's, again, Kalishnikov, or whatever (laughs) you know so so you still have your profile i still exist there as gareth belina but one day i'm feeling a bit shit but i don't want to tell jules or my friends almost like an incognito mode so i have an incognito mode where i can ask and not only that i can i can be given support and advice by people who also can choose to not say who they are because maybe what they want to share is you know of us of a Bad experience sexually, or you know, a a, an abusive attack or relationship. So they can't go, you know, they don't want anyone to know. Hey, everyone, I was in a bad relationship, but an anonymous mode where someone could share in that way and also be shared to wherever. That was one. Hold on. Idea. Thank you. Uh, I'm really. It went on a
1: note card that will go on the wall. Um, You can't see it because my computer is stationary right now but there's a wall of poster boards because I still I sort of operate like it's 20 years ago.
2: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a real, I'm a real ideas man. Cause I've, uh, I, 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 and I know now that that's part of ADHD. So I'm yep. very good at the start of things. And I have lots of ideas when people talk to me about their projects that they go, oh, yeah, that's I hadn't even thought about that. But that makes sense. So I had I had. So hold on. Get my ballpark back to where we were because there was a second
1: idea. You had one idea, which was incognito mode and you had a second
2: idea. This is for the website, isn't it?
1: Yes. Okay. For the facilitating chat anonymously type thing.
2: Yeah. So uh, therapy
0: uh, type type
2: scenario. No, 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 no. Just like, you know, if, if if it was creatively, if if you're a comedian who doesn't want to say to anyone, hey, uh, I'm I'm completely blocked, because you wouldn't want anyone to know that, maybe. right? I don't have a problem if I am. So you would be able to go on. It doesn't have to be going on to say, hey, I had a bad date and this girl was an arsehole, this guy was an arsehole. It can be going on to go... Guys, I'm in a state because I cannot think of a single fucking joke. But you don't want to go, hey guys, it's uh, it's Adam Bloom here, and I cannot think of a single fucking because you don't want your career to be in jeopardy. So that safe space where you could go, hey guys, I've got to write, you know, a set for a warm TV warm up, and I'm petrified. Well, you know, maybe you don't want to say that with your name. So an anonymous section. But I'm trying to remember what the other bit was because it was related to you being able to talk your friends, what you were saying, because that's how it connected to the site.
1: Well, one of one of the biggest things I wanted to do was create that space. So I want to be able to offer those like almost like a private chat type of thing as well which just makes it available for you to like pick up and contact free space or you know one of our mentors or something through a chat with incognito mode is a great idea um, but that facilitation of just a safe space for conversation is
2: very important to me. Hmm. I can't think of my other point but it might come back to me but yeah I like the idea of the anonymous. I just go ask a question of the page because even on Facebook now like yeah you can you can pour out your heart but yeah. it would be nice yeah it's exactly it would be yeah. nice once in a while to be able to write uh, uh, concerns or something somewhere anonymously and still get the support or the feedback right I
1: think uh-huh. that's a great idea
2: it is uh, I it think the
0: I bit, think the, I think the issue with mental health especially for us comedians and other creatives, like not just exclusively comedians, but everybody, because that was something I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode was like how you and your missus, you were able to, and I, you know, multiple thoughts, like first thought, like when you were talking about whatever the size of the content, I love, I'm a huge fan of your face swap in your stories, where you'll get those clips from movies, or mm-hmm. like you just did the the world according to Walter Schmidty, I think, or the one with Ben Stiller, mm-hmm. or you did yourself as Mila Jovovich from Fifth Element, or you know you're you're completely destroying the world of women <laughs> with beards <laughs> yeah for me oh, yeah sometimes you've actually like i when you did that woman from dirty dancing you actually your face
2: suited the body for some odd oh, reason oh no, the, weird, the weirdest thing is i've noticed with all of those refaces is that although like my face will work on jason Staten or someone like that right? right but actually the women bone structure wise I really work with loads of the women faces, but it just looks odd because if you know me, like I'm, I'm quite a blokey bloke, I think, and you can't that's, imagine me mincing That's around the epitome
0: dress. of a British expression. I'm a blokey bloke.
2: But, but you can't imagine me dancing around a dress. But then when you look at those videos, like I look great, just uh, I'm a bloke in a dress, but it looks good so it's it's not me taking the piss out of anything other than myself because I think it looks great and funny sometimes I look creepy as the woman and sometimes I look vivacious and like I got no inclination to wear a dress but I like it's like cool I look pretty good you know it's fun and it's fun and also in lockdown kind of I've stumbled on lots of things that you know I don't want to post a Facebook status every day right? Um, but now that we've we've now that the comedy scene while the comedy scene has been decimated everyone's tried to find a way to stay relevant and so people do that through a podcast or their instagram or whatever and um, but with facebook i see all of this engagement from some people who s- live on facebook and i'm like i don't interact enough and people don't see me enough and i don't write enough statuses except when i'm angry about something so i realized a few weeks ago Actually, if I just change my profile picture every day, right, this is a secret now. I'm letting this out, the cat out of the bag. Do with it what you may. If all I do is change my Facebook profile picture every day, it's a big picture, number one, and it appears in the feed of the news feed of anyone that is following me. So they don't see a status, but they see a funny picture of me. And nearly every day at the moment, those funny pictures are on my Facebook profile picture are being engaged with. And the weird thing is people have engaged with them who've not posted when I've gone, hey, my life was put at risk by this pharmaceutical company. Hey, disability, hate crime is terrible. Nothing, nothing. I put me in a beard on a dre- in a dress in the middle of a pandemic and people are going oh, you know, that she looks like a. You, you don't look good like that one. I'd, I've i been, people are now telling me, no, I did one yesterday and my friend Finn, who is a trans man, I did one yesterday and Finn just posted on it and went, no. No. no, like, no then... like, You've gone wrong with this one. And I changed it later in, the, like a bit later in the day. I'm not going to change it straight away. I changed it a bit later in the day with a little nod to him and he came back and he went, that's more like it, you know? Like, <laughs> so it just, I knew that it would, it, it keeps me engaged. It keeps my name or, or my per me, my personal, my persona in their head, but it's not me having to write something every day as a status to say, hey, I've eaten a cherry pie and I feel great. You know, I don't know why Twin Peaks came to me there hot coffee cherry pie and a donut but it did
0: the show with no name is where anything can happen you know i'm and glad it does it does uh, sometimes even moments of great material i was going to say to your earlier point about you had a homework assignment for mr Moore. uh well no there was a funny thing that happened with me when i was doing the courses and he helped me exponentially with with my with my structure, my mental structure, my approach, uh, social media, and so much more. And what was really interesting was I had this incident, which always brings a chuckle to Jules, that my balcony flooded, and
1: <laughs> uh,
0: and it wasn't just one, but there were several balconies that flooded. And so when Martin was like, I, we, had our, fa- we, we had our we had our we had our face to face. And he was like, Did you do the whole? I'm going to do a terrible Martin impression. Did you do your homework? You know, I'd be like, No, that I Kind not of like doing an impression at all yet. <laughs> No, I, 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 feel I don't feel confident enough to try. I knew to
2: you didn't me. feel comfortable because I didn't, didn't know because I, I love the guys impression. so much, and you I've actually like, I never. I but I feel, but, but I don't. And then you tilted your head as if to say, like I'm so guilty with this. <laughs> I'm so bad.
0: You know, it's funny. It's funny. Uh, side note: there was this time when I used to do impressions of everyone I worked with at the school, and I would do them flawlessly, like the headmaster, headmaster's wife. PE teacher like random like this other teacher to the point that students would be like you know jukebox requesting me to like you know do Mr. Rizkallah do Mr. Kleinans you know do Mr. Pavel was the PE teacher and there was even this one female teacher that I used to impersonate really really well then at the graduation one of the graduation dinners for one of the 12th grade classes I think it was year one or year two that when I was working there and I was sitting at the table with the brother and sister of the woman that I can impersonate, and a couple of other people. And they kind of on the spot asked me to impersonate her to her, and I did a very terrible job. And I never did it again. It's so like sometimes impressions of people. I can do a great Patrick Monahan. I can do a pretty hey, what's going on? Give us a cuddle, you know. It's like that's that's pretty easy to do, Patrick. But um. I
2: told him that to Martin.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was like, you know, did you do your homework? And I was like, no, uh the balcony flooded.
2: And he and <laughs> oh, he just oh, sort he of just went Did you Why don't you just say Ooh. to him the balcony flooded? The the homework was there. My dog picked it up, ate it, you know, sat it out, put it well, in No, not. it's
0: because what he said to that was far more beautiful because he just went, mate, look, at the end of the day, the balcony's always gonna get flooded and some other shit's gonna hit the fan, you know? So you just have, so it became like this sort of wisdom that I even started to quote the, you know, as Martin Moore says, the balcony will always get flooded, you know, and I think I even posted a picture of the flooded balcony with the chair.
2: No, I, I remember seeing that. What was
1: What that. was funny is I didn't get a photo, I got a video, with no context. That was just a chair floating by on the balcony.
2: <laughs> How is the balcony now?
1: That's all I got. That's all I got. And then even, and then he sent me a message that said, the balcony flooded.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, luckily uh, I've, oh, I found it interesting. I can't show it on the camera, but there's like this painting that hangs On the wall right to the right side of me here in the office area and it's a watercolor it's an old antiquey watercolor of a ship at night at the docks but unfortunately when the laundry room balcony flooded that flood came into the painting and distorted a lot of the colors and it was pointed out to me by a friend. He was like, "Going, oh, that's a very nice abstract painting." And I looked at it, and I was like, "Oh shit, not meant to be water,
2: abstract.
0: Water. It's not meant to be ab- It's meant to be, you know, like Renaissance style. This was the harbor the night
2: before the Battle of Waterloo, or something like that." So hold on. So, so because me and Pete, we spoke. Me, Pete is the guy that I'm doing my podcast Tonight. with. Me and Pete spoke for an hour and a half and we're just gonna cut it down because we knew like we'd originally wanted to just talk and and not need to edit and and we just thought it was gonna work perfect because we get on really well and blah blah but you know it was it was what it was and so we're gonna cut cut it down so is that what you you do the same thing
1: we don't have a specific a lot of our episodes have gone really long because we don't we didn't have like a time frame or like a no, oh, I love it. The timer set. Yeah, my my yeah. guest yesterday so, pointed
0: out to me. She was like, "How long do your episodes go for?" I was expecting an hour, and I was like,
1: ah, "Well, you know." We just kind of talk until we reach a point, right? And then we're like, "Cool," and then and then we edit it for context, and then whatever's left is left. So but like, edit, what do you if, mean, if it's an hour and a half. Huh. Well, we
0: we edit it edit in case context. in the event of like sometimes, um, I will um say a lot of um, ums Mm -hmm. so that's what that was the deliberate on the spot that I'm not going to be editing removing because it like there can be sometimes where the conversation has a beautiful flow and then there are times when there'll be momentary it's more cleanup than anything what we do is we clean up the audio uh mishaps like sometimes there might be an incident where Jules and myself and our guests are all talking over each other, so it becomes a cacophony of noise, which isn't really um,
1: Fluid. beneficial.
0: Fluid. There's no yeah, fluidity. Yeah, it's
1: not as clean, and it's not as nice to listen to. And sometimes, like the story drags on and on. Like I tend to repeat myself when I tell a story. So I'll like say the same thing two or three times and not realize that I did it. And so sometimes I'll clean that up for time's sake more than anything. Um, but it's mostly, or like, also we want people to say whatever they want to say, right? Like the, the way a conversation flows is if you let the conversation happen. But sometimes that means that you say things to the people that you're talking with, that you don't you wouldn't you wouldn't put on record.
2: This this bit's off the record. Back on the record. Back on the record. Okay. You guys, if you guys share that with anyone, you're dead. And I mean it when I say I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Jesus, Gareth. Hopefully that formula should work out to be an award-winning Edinburgh show for you.
0: So Gareth, every episode I do a little shameless plug. It. Focus on you. What have you got going on? And what do you want oh, our you listeners know what? to
2: go to? When, when you said, uh, Gareth, I, this is a moment for you to uh, tell people what you would like them to focus on. I just thought like, I don't know, living better lives, <laughs> being more open, um, you know, not being racist, homophobic, sexist or transphobic. That's what I thought. But if, if it was regarding me, cool. what should they? Yeah, with regard to me, what should realistic they focus goals, on?
0: Gareth? Realistic goals.
2: What they should focus on is um, I'm doing lots of bits and pieces and lots of stuff between mm. myself, my wife, and also uh, our production company together. So, if you'd like to join an interesting family who um, are up to lots of different things, just give me a follow on uh, on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and. From time to time, you'll get my comedy on there or you'll get me being a giant parrot or you'll get me dressed up as a lady wearing a beard. Who knows? Every day is a
0: different dress day with Gareth.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, is I I meant to recommend it? Oh, and uh, just peace on earth, goodwill to all men and women and non-binary and and, uh, LGBTQI. I'm pretty good. I remember most of my anacronyms. They added another letter to the acronym list. LGBTQI,
0: yeah. The I a. is now, and A?
2: LGBTQIA. I knew there was one off it. I knew there was one off it. I'm such a terrible person. All acronym people, I would like to apologize, and particularly the asexual community, whom I intended to cause no offense to, and I recognize your right to not care. I Sorry. still
0: stand believe- behind the belief they just <laughs> need one me. letter.
2: Would you say what'd you say, Safe?
0: I said I still stand behind the belief that they just need one letter, possibly to
1: just to uh, encapsulate
0: everyone. Well, first one the first one letter option could be P for people, because that's what they are, people. You know, the other is two letters, which is HB, which not does also stand for happy birthday, which is kind of cool because every day should be your birthday, according to Paul Ricketts. But it's for a human being, you know, hu- or just humanity, just H for humanity. Uh, you know, when we... we this and in the Federation. I, look, I know maybe I sound like one of those old draconian dinosaurs from the patriarchal No, 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 you, that sound like
2: the, you sound like the Federation and they don't exist yet for another four or five hundred years.
0: I mean, space... Uh, Star Trek Federation.
2: Okay. I mean, yes, it, yeah. I was about Federation. to say
0: Space Trek Federation, and all my Trekkie yeah. friends would have been like,
2: Space Trek Federation.
1: Do you Just know me? what I was watching? And I brought it up at the beginning of the show, but I can't get that Amend America out of my head. I've I've been watching it for for two days now.
2: Amend America.
1: Yeah, so it's on Netflix. Got,
2: yes, uh, yeah, it rings a bell.
1: Will What's Smith it? hosts it.
2: Okay. And,
1: and they I go... Th- it's
2: on American Netflix and not English Netflix. You'd be oh, I do that. available That's on, on both. both. Go on, so Amend America. Interesting. You and know... That.
1: It's been it's been really good.
2: You know, my whole education, my, my initial... Uh, education of slavery and segregation and everything but the north the south and the civil war was entirely from something like a sydney sheldon miniseries called north v south which had patrick swayze i remember that actor yes he was the lead of the good southern no good northern family or or they were a good southern family i can't remember it was a mini-series
0: based yes. on that book. It was uh, just North and called North Yeah, North and South.
2: Yeah, and back South. Back years, at least. yeah it was the in the 80s. 80s maybe more.
0: Because, like, it's interesting, because my knowledge about, let's call it just, you know, America's history, because uh, like, you can't really pigeonhole it into one category. But I think what was interesting, my growing up, I saw a lot of movies about America, and it was my mother who pointed out to me the evil Nature of old Wild West cowboy John Wayne era Gary Cooper era movies in which Native Indians were always known as savages.
2: On the film degree, on my film degree, you do this whole thing about how America painted, cast the character of the note of the savage, and then movies occasionally allow for the noble savage. So, Dances with Wolves, which I loved and blew my mind, I saw it the mm. cinema eight times. Now I kind of hate. Costner a bit for that because he also what he does in in that film is it's still a white guy telling the story and it's okay the noble savage you know what I mean it's still a savage
0: did you ever see a film with I think it was Alec Guinness or it might have been Peter O'Toole or Richard Harris and it was a film called Man Called Horse
2: Mate, have I ever seen A Man Called Horse? I've seen it several times. And Little Big Man with Dustin Jules, Hoffman.
0: have you not or heard of A Man Called Horse? This English noble lord comes to the new world, to America. And it,
2: what's his name? It's Richard Harris. He's it's amazing. It's Richard Harris, thank and, you. And my biggest, well, okay, Jules, one of my, like, so it's the same thing, yeah, dances.
0: But then he did this, I remember one thing in that film where he used the tactics of Agincourt, a battle between, that took place between Henry V of the English against the French, where they created the same sort of like tree barricade. And that's the thing about America's history is that it's so much that is not being told. And there's so much that is absolutely, like I I have, Jules and I have a mutual friend who's originally from Louisiana, but she's based in Colorado. And she explained to me that in Louisiana, they teach slavery in high school in such a way that it tries to portray them as you know really? it wasn't that bad a time. You're, you're
1: you're 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 it's way more direct than that in most areas. Oh, oh no, no, uh, it if gets you worse. Look, if you look at textbooks currently used in 2020 and 2021 yeah. in certain areas of the country, slaves are called immigrants. The maps that they show for the slave trade, they're called it's immigrant the workers.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it always reminds me, it boils down to what Napoleon Bonaparte said. Which is L'histoire and Democrid de la Victoire. History is written by the victorious.
2: Do you know how I know who Paul Revere is? Go on. Ben had a little horsey named Paul Revere. Just me and my horsey and a quart of beer. Riding across the land, kicking up sand. Beastie oh, boys. Yeah. I never even knew Paul. I, mean, I I only found that out when I was sixteen. Because they didn't educate me at school about that, I didn't know anything about who Paul Revere was, the English are coming, any of that. Uh, loads of my my knowledge of American history actually has come from film, or mm. like less from school and far more from you know, watching oh. film and stuff, things I had no knowledge of, particularly American Civil War, which we we don't even touch on, and actually it's interesting we don't really do. Uh, how America was formed at all, because I would imagine our education system doesn't want to remember those fucking guys who fucked off, left us, and built a better country.
0: (laughs) My introduction to the American Revolution was actually from the film Revolution with Al Pacino. And I don't know if you've seen that film, Jules. Revolution, it's about a father and a son. Al Pacino. It's a good film. It's father and son getting caught up in the American Revolution at that time. And it's done from the perspective of the relationship between Al Pacino and his son. It was just a very, you know, you, you wouldn't think that would be like, you know, what's the idea for a film? It's about a father and a son come together during the American Revolution. Beautiful, can we release it for July the 4th? Possibly, possibly.
2: Um, hold on, hold on, what I was gonna say about America. I, I, I got into American politics after, you know, with Trump as my escape from what was going on here with Europe. I'm still watching it because instead of it ending, as I thought the season, I thought it was season finale, everything looked brilliant, season finale, it's over, no more Netflix, no more box set Trump. And I'm still watching because they're doing this like extra season, which is incredible. Today, did you hear about the taxes? I mean, it's great. Oh, it's great. He's got he's lost against New York, and he has oh, thank God to, like, they have to have see his taxes for the evidence, which means there probably is going to be criminal charges. He's he's losing money everywhere at the moment. He's still got that four hundred million pound debt. Deutsche Bank says they won't work with him. However,
1: yeah, but it did. Didn't they acquit him for yeah. his second impeachment?
2: He got acquitted. They they should have not acquitted him, but they acquitted right. him, obviously. Um, so that means technically he could still run for president. But if they get him on a criminal charge, he can't. That's my understanding. Right. Oh man. It's it's um yeah, it's it's so weird at the moment that if you look back over the last year, like it's so weird at the moment in terms of like I mentioned the story to you tonight that you both knew about, but that had evaporated from your memory. Things are evaporating so quick because yeah, there's but... so much shit going on that you can distract from any. you know, like ah oh, mm. there's lead in the water. Is there lead in the water? Yes, yeah, really bad. Oh, what we've moved on, news is... No, sorry, now we're talking about something. Like at the moment it's just anything is going is disappearing. It's here for a day. News is old in a day. Mm. It's like nuts.
0: Gareth, first off, I... I think you remember I mentioned this to you like way back when we did an Instagram live last year around April. That I oh, had. That we
2: both kept forgetting each other's things. You remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. I remember, though, <laughs> that we both keep forgetting.
0: <laughs> yeah. But the thing is that around that time, I actually stopped watching mainstream media. I stopped watching the news completely because I felt that after a four day break, from home at a friend's house and he was watching the news perpetually. Oh, it yeah. felt like he was just channel surfing between Euronews, BBC News, Fox News, Sky News, the Arabic, Al Jazeera and so on and so forth. And after a while, I just kind of was like, you know what, I get it. There's plague 2.0 with a 99% survival rate. There's people that will always know more than doctors and scientists especially comedians, not all comedians, before I start getting those triggered. How dare you say they're all comedians? Oh, I just like to go onto Facebook and write a status. You know, like all these comedians are taking that negative vitriolic anger they feel at not being able to partake in what they were doing for X amounts of years, months time before the lockdown started. And what is happening is I keep saying this again and again, there's like a massive factory reset going on in every single field. It is kinda, and I even found out from, it was Martin Moore who pointed out to me, it was not Darwin that had talked about the survival of the fittest. It was actually another scientist at the time and I forgot the name, but the point is like in the world of every industry, whether it be theater, music, television, comedy, stand-up comedy comedy writers script script writers writers there's always going to be a massive we need to get rid of the old guard and bring in the new well folks you've been listening to safe about Candle and julia felix on the show with no name podcast with our guest gareth berliner and gareth you've been a wonderful guest thank you so much
2: well, very nice of you to say i bet you say that to all the guests
0: I do, but I mean it with every guest. Of course I do, but I mean it with every... I have, so far, touch wood, you know, every guest I come on, bring on, I come on, I don't come on to the guest, not yet, maybe a little bit. But every guest that's... (laughs) Every guest that's been on the show so far has been a great joy to have, to interview.
2: Let's cut to the chase. I know where you're going with this, but, but this has been the best one. It's, and that's fine. You shouldn't have said it, but it's lovely that.
0: <laughs> Gareth, you've been a wonderful guest. Thank you. Peace. And Jules, thank you for joining thank us.
2: Thank you. To our listeners. Us. Nice, nice to, to see Jules. To- nice to see you. And uh, thanks for having me on the, the podcast with no name. The show with that no name. name is the podcast with no name. The show
0: or with is no it? name. It is indeed. But the show with no name. Peace be upon you, namaste, and all that jazz.